serve an awesome God. We're going to see how awesome he is today. Come on, say amen, somebody. Once again, we know God wants us to continue to teach and preach and emphasize the importance of faithfulness. The importance of what? Faithfulness. Why? Because as we've been confessing, what we just confessed a few minutes ago, it's still God's plan for us to flourish this year. Let me say it again. It's still God's plan for us to what? Flourish this year. And the times we're living in, it's never been more important for us to flourish in every area of our lives. And we're going to get it. Come on, we're going to flourish this year. Come on, we're going to flourish this year. Okay, a couple of y'all. We're going to flourish this year. Look at Proverbs 28, 20 again, where it says what? It says what? A faithful man shall what? Abound with what? Blessing. But he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be what? Innocent. Once again, he's saying the man that is faithful to the things of God shall do what? Shall do what? Shall, be a, shall abound in what? Blessing. Come on, somebody say that's me. Come on, tell your neighbor, that's you. Come on. Now, we know it's been prophesied for 2018 that these are the days of greater glory, saith the Lord. Where he says, I will cause them, I will cause it to manifest to all have remained faithful to me and faithful to my word. Where's my prophecy at? Let's <laughs> start at the beginning. These are indeed the days of what? Greater glory, saith the Lord. I will cause it to manifest to all who have remained faithful to me and faithful to my word. And he says, and I will cause them to what? Flourish and to abound as I have what? Promised in my word. He says, I will honor their want, loyalty to me, enabling them to do what? Overcome every attack of the evil one. And I will bring them into the greatest breakthroughs that they have, ever, they have ever experienced thus far. He said, rest assured that I am working on their behalf even when? Now. And they show what? I'm working on their behalf even what? And they show what? See what? Then I am still the God of the what? Then I am still the what? The God of the what? That keepeth covenant. Y'all ain't flowing with me up there. <laughs> hey man, oystermen, stop bugging them. <laughs> Rest assured I am working on their behalf even now and they shall triumph and be victorious and all shall see that I'm still the God of the breakthrough and I'm still the God that keeps, who keeps covenant. So he says, lift up your hands, lift up your voices and praise your God. The God like that, unlike any other God, the God who blesses all who've been remain, who who've been faithful and loyal to Him, saith the Lord. And then we know 2018 is the what? Days of, days of, days of, days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. Come on, say it again. Days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. Well, turn your Bible tonight to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Now, this is an important book in the Bible. Why? 
Because it contains prophecies. It contains revelations. Are right, you listening to me out here? It contains glimpses of Jesus a hundred years before he even manifested in the flesh. It reveals his earthly ministry and it reveals his death and resurrection. And I, I encourage you, if you have not read Isaiah, you need to read the book of Isaiah. Come on, say amen, somebody. But let me give you a brief history of what's happening here before we get into Isaiah chapter 60. Now, one theologian writes, Isaiah 60 inaugurates a season of revelations. See, in Jerusalem at the time of this writing, living conditions were extremely difficult. Some might say difficult. Jerusalem was in ruins. The people were divided not by some enemy force, but they were divided amongst themselves. Amen? Now, if you read chapters 58 and 59, they both are characterized by what? Gloom and despair, and the morale was generally low amongst the people. Amen? But the opening verse of Isaiah chapter 60 sets a new tone. What's it do? It shifts from doom and despair to light and glory. What is it? It's God's attempt to bring them out of their present spiritual condition and to take them into a new dimension. Come right with me out here. It's his way of showing them that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Amen. Let me say it again. It's his way of showing them that that's what that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And guess what? He's still showing people today that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Amen. Come on, say there's light Amen. at the end of the tunnel. Come on, say it's a new day. So here in chapter 60, he's saying it's a new day. Things are about to get extremely better for the people in Isaiah's day. But understand this. This is not only a glimpse of their future, but it's also a glimpse of our future. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. I'm talking about full of light, full of glory. That will also bring, listen to me now, that will also bring tremendous prosperity. Somebody say tremendous prosperity. Now, another theologian used this word to describe what's happening in Isaiah chapter 60. He said the word reversal is a word that best describes the hope, and ex hope, the hope expressed in this chapter. Let me say it again. He said the word reversal is the word that best describes the hope expressed in chapter 60. In other words, through God's manifested presence, his manifested power, his manifested goodness, the oppressed will be set free. Those who have been stripped of resources will be restored. And wealth will come like never before. Oh, come on. Anybody with me in here? But the question is, but does this prophecy apply to you and I? Well, I believe it does because you'll notice in the opening verse, notice what he says here in verse 1. He says, Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And then in verse 2 he says, starts off, he says, And behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. The what? The darkness shall what? 
cover the earth. See, that describes the condition of the earth today. As well as in Isaiah, folks. Amen? See, it not only describes Isaiah's day, but it describes what? Our days. Somebody say, our day. And if you haven't noticed, darkness is covering the earth. Let me say it again. If you haven't noticed, darkness is covering the earth. And see, darkness generally represents sin. Come on. Sin is running rampant for Come on, it's running rampant in the earth today. Anybody found that out today? See, what used to be done behind closed door, folks, is now being done in open. Come on, have you seen that? I just recently seen where a judge gave women the right to walk around showing their breasts. I also seen just recently where you have little boys on the front cover of a magazine dressed up like sexy little girls. And see, the Bible talks about these days. Look at Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. See, the Bible says there will, there will come a day when they're called evil good. We're living in that day, folks. Look at Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, where it says, Woe unto them that what? Call what? Evil good and what? Good evil that put darkness, before, darkness for light and light for what? Darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So we can see why this prophetic word that we're talking about right now we can see why this prophetic word applies to us today because why? Darkness is in the earth today. Come on, there's darkness in the earth today. But the good news is, good news is, guess what? The light has come. Somebody say the light has come. And see, the body of Christ today, folks, desperately, desperately needs the same admonishment that Isaiah is giving them through the vo being the voice of God. We need that same admonishment today, folks, because there's so much darkness in the world today. Now, going back to Isaiah 61, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Once again, he says what? Arise, what? Shine for thy what? Light has come, and the glory of the Lord is what? Risen upon thee. He says what? Rise and shine. He says what? Rise and shine. Rise and shine, Maggie. Come on, rise and shine, Krigger. Rise and shine, Carrie. He says what? Rise and shine. Notice this is not a suggestion. Come on, it's a what? It's a command. Rise and shine. Look at someone and say, rise and shine. Look at somebody else say, rise and shine. Turn to the person behind you and say, rise and shine. And see, we need that commandment today just as they did back then, folks. Why? For many, the light is not shining brightly anymore. Let me say it again. For many, that light is not shining brightly anymore due to the darkness that has attempted to overtake them, folks. And it has become dim. And it's no longer spontaneous in a lot of believers' lives, folks. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. What's happening? The spirit of the world 
has attempted to put out the light altogether simply by what? Because why? Because the God of this world who is what? Satan wants us. Listen, he doesn't want us to have the kind of influence the Bible says that we're going to have. Let me say it again. He doesn't want us to have the kind of influence that the Bible says that we are going to have. Come on, are you with me out here? See, when darkness covers the earth, he wants to lighten us to grow dim. And today, there are a lot of barely glowing Christians. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. We call them holy smokers. Why are they holy smokers? See, smoking indicates there was once a fire there, but it ain't there no more. <laughs> so all you see is what? All you see is what? Smoke. And see, Satan cannot afford for us to shine brightly because why? Isaiah said also in chapter and verse 2, look at Isaiah 60 verse 2. He said in verse 2 says, and behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord. Lord shall what? Rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the what? Brightness of thy rising. See, when he says Gentiles, Gentiles meaning the unbelieving world. Come on, he says, they will come to your light. They will be drawn to the what? To the light. And see, Satan always overplays his hand. He always overplays his hand. What he'll do? He'll push and he'll push and he'll push and he'll push and he'll push until he's finally pushing them, not knowingly, right into God. Listen to me, folks. Even the vilest of sinners eventually become sick of sin. <laughs> Come on, some of you were there. Come on, say amen, somebody. <laughs> Even the violence of sinner eventually become what? Sick of sinning. And Satan is playing his hand right now, folks. What does Romans chapter 5 verse 20 say? He's overplaying his hand even right now. Why? Because Romans 5 20 says, Moreover the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded. Where sin what? Abounded. What happened? Grace did what? Much more what? Abound. You don't think for one minute God is ever going to let the devil have the upper hand on him, do you? All you got to do is read the back of the book. In the back of the book, guess what? We win. Tell your neighbor, we win. See, listen, the light of Christ in us will draw them. Let me say it again. The light of Christ in us will what? Will draw them. That is something Satan hopes will never happen, folks. But he can hope all he wants because the Bible has declared that there's going to be a major outpouring of the Holy Spirit in these last days, which the world has never seen before. Come on. And I plan to be right in the middle of it. Come on. I plan to be right in the middle of it. Come on. Somebody start thinking God in advance because you're going to be right in the middle of it. So I want to encourage you. Don't give up on your loved ones. Why? They're coming in. Don't give up on your children. They are going to make it. Tell me, tell your neighbor, they are going to make it. 
All you need to do is just what? Keep interceding for them because why? They will eventually, listen to me now, they will eventually grow weary to sin. So here, Isaiah describes that it's a new day. And God is ushering his, in his glory like they had never seen before. And the same is true for us today, folks. So look at, let's read verse 1 again out of Isaiah 61. Let's read it again. He says, Arise and what? Shine. For what? For thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is what? Risen upon thee. Amen. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall what? Rise upon thee, and his what? And his what? And his what? Glory shall be seen what? Upon thee. If you have your written Bible, you need to underline that. If you got them little, the, the tablet, you need to see if you can highlight it or something. <laughs> he says, his glory shall be what? Seen upon you. His glory shall what? Be seen what? Upon who? Upon who? But the question is, listen to me now. How would they know it's the glory? How would they know it's the glory? See, most Christians don't know it's the glory. So if Christians don't know what the glory is, how would a sinner know it's the glory? Come on, say amen, somebody. Once again, look what it says in verse 3. And the Gentiles shall what? Shall what? Come to the light and kings to the what? Brightness of thy what? Rising. Notice the glory and the light is interchangeable here. But the question once again is, how will sinners know it's the glory? Why? Have you ever seen a sinner go around talking about the glory? They don't go around talking about the glory. Come on, say amen, somebody. When you ask the Christian, what's the glory? They'll say it's smoke. They'll say it's light. They'll say it's lightning. They'll say it's thunder. Or they'll say it's some amazing miracle in the Bible like the splitting of the Red Sea. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. But most Christians don't know, but you know because I've taught you. Yes, I hope you know. What is it? It's the manifested what? Presence, power, and the goodness of God. Come on, say that. It's the manifested what? Presence, power, and goodness of God. That's what the glory is. Now, we know it can come in many forms. It can come in the form of smoke. Come on. It can come in the form of light. It can come in the form of lightning and thunder and all those other things. But we're not going to be walking around with thunder and lightning emanating from us and the sinner jumps back and says whoa that's the glory <laughs> oh, come on say amen somebody that's only in cartoons folks amen so the question once again is so how will they know it's the glory and why would it attract them say it again how would they know it's the glory and why will it attract Wrong answer. <laughs> How will they know and why will it attract them? Because part of the goodness of God 
is prosperity. Somebody say prosperity. Come on, somebody say prosperity. They will know it as prosperity, folks. They may not call it the glory, but that's exactly what it is. See, the glory of the Lord is producing prosperity, and they will see it, and they will be drawn to it. Somebody, I should be excited. Maybe draw to somebody who's not here today. Are you online? It'll be drawn. They'll be drawn to you. Because they ain't receiving it up in this room. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Look at Genesis 30, verse 43. The glory, Lord, the glory of the Lord is producing what? Prosperity. And they will see it and they will what? They will be drawn to it, folks. Look at Genesis 30, verse 43. Now, this is talking about Jacob. You all know about Jacob and Laban. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, in this story, at the end of this chapter... We know how God blessed him, blessed Laban with a witty idea, and he prospered him when his uncle was trying to rob him blind, come on, work him like a dog, and not pay him for what he is worth. But it says in verse 43, and the man did what? Increased what? Exceedingly and had what? Much cattle and what? Maid servants and what? Men servants and what? Camels and asses, in spite of his employer, he was still prosperous. Let me say it again. In spite of his employer, he was what? Still prosperous. Even though the player tried to keep him down, he was still prosperous. But notice what his sons called Jacob prosperity. Genesis 31 verse 1. Notice what, what, what Laban's son calls Jacob's prosperity. It says in verse 31, verse 1, And he heard the words of what? Laban's son saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's, and of that which our father's has he what? Gotten all this glory. Somebody say glory. In other words, they equated the glory to Jacob's prosperity. They looked at his prosperity as the manifested glory of God. Oh, y'all with me in here. So your prosperity, your prosperity is how you're going to draw people. Your prosperity is how they're going to know it's the glory. Somebody, it's the glory. Now, question is, when will be the most opportune time for this to happen? Why? The most opportune time is when the world is falling apart financially. Come on. When people don't know where to turn financially, and they need financial help. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. But question, the thing is, isn't that what we're seeing today? Come on. Are we in a financial crisis? And apparently, from if you just listen to the news, it's going to get worse. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. But it's that the Bible just tells us here that the glory, it says the glory 
will be seen upon you in the form of the presence of God, the power of God and his goodness. All that's going to be seen upon who? Upon who? Somebody say me. And it will be in the form of what? Prosperity. You better receive this. It'll be in the form of what? Prosperity. And guess what? It will be used as a tool that will attract people. Did you hear what I said? Somebody say, I receive it by faith. Look at verse 2 again. Isaiah 60 verse 2. Once again he says, Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall rise upon thee and his glory shall be what? Shall be what? Seen upon who? Come on, say me like you mean it. Now understand this. Since the glory is the manifested presence, power, goodness of God, then Isaiah is saying, listen to this now, then Isaiah is saying, we're headed towards some of the greatest days of our life. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And see, this has been prophesied, not only from Isaiah, but you'll see it in the book of Proverbs. Come on, say amen, somebody. Jesus spoke of it. Paul spoke of it. Many prophetic words in the Bible are talking about the last day's prosperity of the church just before the appearing of Christ. Now, is everyone going to prosper in the body of Christ? Not necessarily. Let me say it again. Is everyone going to prosper in the body of Christ? Not necessarily. Why? There's a stipulation. Go back to Proverbs 28, 20. There's a stipulation. Tell your neighbor, there's a stipulation. Proverbs 28, 20. What's it say in Proverbs 28, 20? A faithful man shall what? Abound with blessing. Somebody say a faithful man shall abound with what? Blessing. Come on, it says a what? A faithful man shall abound with blessing. He says if the faithful shall flourish, folks. See, understand this. We're not talking about people who are up one day and down the other. We're not talking about people who they were God one week and they're not God with God the next week. Come on, we're not talking about those people, folks. We're not talking about people who just call themselves Christians. Come on, there's a lot of people that call themselves Christians, especially today. But a real Christian is devoted, is a what? Is a devoted follower of Christ. That's a real Christian. Tell you neighbor, that's a real Christian. What did Jesus say in Luke chapter 6 verse 46? He said, and why call me what? Why call me what? Lord, Lord, and what? Do not the things that I say. So people that don't do what he says, are they truly followers of Christ? Say it again. So people that don't, don't do what he says, are they truly followers of Christ? Now, let me clarify. I'm not placing judgment on anybody. But at the same time, 
I would rather just do what he says and live the way he, that, he tells, that he wants me to live. Come on, say amen, somebody. I'm saying, why even take the chance to miss out on what God's getting ready to do? Why play games with this? Why play church? Why don't you, listen, why don't you get as devoted and dedicated as you possibly can? Why? Why don't you get devoted and dedicated as you possibly can? Unsaved people are deeply devoted to sin. You have people deeply devoted to their gods. Going to one of them Chinese places. They're deeply devoted to their God. They make sure their God's on the front door when you walk in. They got a picture of their God somewhere in the room. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on. You have people devoted to their false religion. Extremely devoted. Come on, say amen, somebody. And you got people that, that are deeply devoted to carnival. They are deeply devoted. Somebody say deeply devoted. And it takes a manifestation of God's presence, power, and goodness just to even shake them from what they believe and what they're doing. Come on, amen. But the question is, why aren't Christians like that? Say it again. Why aren't Christians like that? Why aren't Christians deeply devoted? Some of them have this take it or leave it attitude. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. See, me and myself, I never, rec I don't recall when I ever thought about going back to my old life. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because you got to ask, what's back there? You got people that say, well, I had it better before I made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I had better back there. And you got to say, really? You call going to hell better? Come on, say amen, somebody. You call being in bondage to Satan better? I don't. Tell your neighbor, I don't. See, my life didn't start doing good until I made Jesus the Lord of my life. And it progressively got better over the years. Somebody say better over the years. Well, the Bible tells us in John 10, 10, read it from the Message Bible. Message Bible says, and a thief is only here to what? Steal, Steal and to what? Kill and destroy. He said, I came so that they can have what? Real and what? Eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. More and better life than they what ever dreamed of. Notice, we are headed towards some of the greatest days of our life. But at the same time, the world will be experiencing its darkest hour. We will, we, listen, we will, we, will, we will be experiencing our brightest hour. While their days are getting what? Darker and our days are getting what? 
brighter. Are you with me out there? Remember what Paul said in Ephesians 5.25. Turn there. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25. He says, husband, love your wives. Even as Christ also what? Loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the what? Word. That he might present it to himself a what? A what? A what? Glorious church not having what? Spot or rank or any such thing. But that it should be what? Holy and without what? Blemish. Listen, God is coming for a glorious church, folks. Come on with me out here. Well, what would be a glorious church? A church that is full of the glory. I won the hard quiz. <laughs> What's a glorious church? A church that is what? Full of his glory. A church that's what? That's experienced as great as ours. I'm talking experiencing manifestations of God's grace, presence, power, goodness like they've never done before. Come on, say amen, somebody. So faithful people, somebody say faithful people. Faithful people are a group of people who are totally dedicated and devoted to him and they are the ones that are experiencing their finest hour. Somebody say that's me. Come on, say that's me. Turn to Haggai chapter 2 verse 9. Haggai chapter 2 verse 9. What's it say here? The glory of this latter house. The glory of this what? Latter house shall be what? Greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I what? Give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Manifestation of God's presence. Manifestations of God's power. And manifestation of God's goodness that you read about in the Old Testament. Nothing can be compared to where we're headed, folks. Let me say that again. Nothing can be compared to where we're headed. It says the glory of this latter house shall be what? Greater than of the what? Former. God is, listen, God is saying the parting of the Red Sea won't even be compared to where we're headed. Oh, somebody's going to receive this today. Come on, what do you think God is working on right now? Go back to Isaiah 60, verse 1. He says what? Arise and shine. For thy light is what? Come. And the glory of the Lord is what? Risen upon thee. See, the only thing that can dispel darkness is what? Light. Verse 3 says, And Gentiles shall come to thy what? Light and kings to the what? The brightness of thy rising. The glory of God will be manifesting in our lives to such a level that the Gentiles will be drawn to it. They won't be able to resist it, folks. Are you listening to me out there? They will not be able to what? Resist it. God, listen, God is about to bless you. 
with some things. And he's going to use it as a tool to draw attention to the Gentiles. Somebody better receive that. Somebody better receive that. And it's going to be prosperity. And it's going to be what? Prosperity. See, the world thinks Christians, they think that Christians are just what? Helpless, worthless, hopeless, weak, do nothing, and lazy people that need a, need a crutch. That's why the West world thinks about Christians. Come on, say amen, somebody. But God is about to show them that that's not us at all. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Hello. See, God's about to show them the glory on the inside of us. Because we're going to be, listen, we're going to be like Jesus in Matthew 8, 28. Turn there. When he was just walking by, it says in verse 28, and when he was come to the other side of the country of the, the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, so that no man might what? Pass by that way. And behold, they did what? They cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Listen, he hadn't done anything but just showed up. He just showed up, and the demons start saying, What we have to do with thee? And devils are going to be bothered by your presence, folks. They're going to see the glory. Demon-possessed people are going to be drawn to the glory upon you. They're going to be drawn to the presence, power, and the goodness of God. Anybody receive this today? Folks, we are headed towards some good times. Let me say it again. We are headed towards some good times, folks. So put a smile on your face. Because we are headed towards some what? Good time. But stay faithful. Stay faithful so you don't miss out. Because it says only the faithful are going to abound in blessing. So stay what? Faithful. Amen? Because it's, it's happening now. But we're not talking about something happening 100 years from now. That glory is on us right now. Or somebody say right now. And guess what? It's getting brighter. And it's getting greater. It's getting brighter. And it's getting greater. Why? Because these are the days of greater glory. Come on, say that. These are the days of greater glory. Come on, say it again. These are the days of greater glory. But these days also require us to get closer to God. Somebody say get closer to God. Why? You don't expect the glory to increase in your life. The manifested presence, the manifested power, the manifested goodness of God to increase in your life. If you're not getting further, if it's not going to increase if you're getting further and further away from God. That is not going to happen. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. The manifested presence, power, goodness of God. You don't expect that increase in your life if you're getting further and further away from God. That's not going to happen. Tell your neighbor that's not going to happen. So you got to do what? 
You got to get what? Closer to him. Somebody say, get closer to him. Come on, say, get close to him back in the back row. <laughs> Look at Ephesians 5.8. He says, for you were sometimes what? You were what? Sometimes what? Darkness. But now are you what? Light in the Lord. So what's he tell you to do? Do what? Walk as children of the light. Look at verse 11. And do what? And do what? Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather do what? Reprove them. See, our command is the same as the command in Isaiah's day. He said, arise and shine. He said, arise and shine. Show this dark world. Come on, show this dark world that we live in. This dark world who Satan has blinded the minds of those. Come on, unless they see the glorious truth of the gospel. Come on, say amen, somebody. Show them the God, that the God that we serve is a faithful God. That he's a good God. Show them the God that we serve. And listen, it's also not in a faithful God. He's a great and mighty God. Show them that the God that we serve blesses righteous people. He blesses faithful people. Say amen, somebody. Show them the God's promise to the faithful. The world will see. Come on, say amen, somebody. God's promise, the world will see, folks. And when they see it, they're going to be what? They're going to be what? They're going to be what? Drawn to it. And the more faithful we become, the brighter we'll shine. Let me say it again. The more faithful we become, the brighter we'll what? Shine. Look at Proverbs 4, 8, 18 as we close. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. Proverbs 4.18 says, but the path of the just, any just people in this room? Come on, any just people in this room? Well, it says the path of the just is as the what? Shining light that what? That shineth more and more unto the perfect day. In other words, it gets brighter and brighter and greater and brighter and greater, and brighter, and greater, because why? I'm the just. And see, the, the blessing of God on the faithful will act as a magnet, folks. It gets the attention of others, even non-believers. That's what is about to hit this planet when it comes to the body of Christ, to those that are faithful. Lift your hands and begin giving God praise. Come on, give God glory. Come on, give God honor. Hallelujah. Somebody say, that's me. If it ain't you, you need to start getting faithful now. Get devoted and dedicated to the things of God. Because why? He says the faithful shall abound in blessing, folks.
He didn't say the backslidden. He didn't say the up and down person. He didn't say the here today, gone tomorrow person. He said the what? He said the what? He said the what? Faithful shall be what? Shall abound in blessing. And the more faithful you become, the brighter you will shine. So it's time to get what? Extremely what? Dedicated. Come on, say amen. And devoted to God. Hallelujah. Or you may miss out on what God is doing in the earth today. Are you listening to me out there? Father, we thank and we praise and we glorify your holy and